This show is brought to you in part by Temple Sporting Goods, powered by AdCraft. For more information on creating great gear for your team, contact them at 563-243-1304 or at templesports.com. Hey, NAI football fans. This is Corey Thorpe here with John Cooper. This is the NAIF Ball Podcast. We have with us tonight uh, head coach Jordan Langs from Indiana Wesleyan. Coach, how you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Thank you. So, um, last last season was Indiana Wesleyan's second season. Um, and you're, you're playing in a, in a crowded mid-states, mid-east, um, which is not, not an easy road to hoe, uh, by, by any means. Um, and you start out with pretty good, with a loss to Butler, sure, but then you rattle off four straight wins. Um, tell me your feelings and your, how, uh, kind of the mental makeup of your team going into that week, traveling down the road to Fort Wayne to go play St. Francis. Yeah, I mean, we felt uh, we felt good about where our team was at, to be honest. Um, our schedule sort of favored us, um, in a sense, to win those four straight. We played some really good teams, and so I'm not taking anything away from those teams, but perennially, we knew that we had you know some of the big dogs coming up um, in the back half of the schedule, and three top 10 teams and four top 25 teams. And um, we knew that the gauntlet was coming. So uh, we thought we, our kids played super hard at Butler. And I think it being the first game um, had a, a couple injuries and a few mistakes. And we felt like we kind of gave the game away a little bit there, but um, we felt good. We played some good teams in those four, uh, that four win streak. Uh, we learned a lot about ourselves, had to go overcome some adversity, so we felt good about it. We knew what we were getting into um, in, those, in the last uh, five games of the year, and we knew that it was going to be a really tough stretch, so um, we knew we had to hunker down and kind of take one game at a time. I, I mean, you know, I'm just I'm looking at those last two games, a loss uh, at home to Marion and a uh, loss – uh, to Concordia of Michigan, and for a second-year team to uh, play really well against, uh, you know, not only two playoff teams, but one of those made all made it all the way to Grambling. Um, you, you you know, there's no such thing as a, a moral victory, but. What does it tell you about the makeup of your team going into this year, um, coming off of those? Yeah, there's definitely no more victories, but there's there's opportunities for growth. And when you play great teams like um, St. Francis and Siena Heights and Marion and Concordia, um, you learn a lot about yourself. It, it stretches our kids. It stretches our coaches. And essentially, there are no more victories, but when you go up to the Fort Wayne, and you decide to go for two for the win, you miss it. Or if you're you're down by um, down by six with the ball versus Marion uh, with two minutes to go, um, when you have opportunities like that, they aren't moral victories, but they do sort of reset what the standard is. And when you go in and you play with the best like that, it sort of resets what our standard is for our kids and our program. So you're right, there's no moral victory, but when we come out of a season like we just had, 
know we're going back into another gauntlet, and it's going to be a super hard schedule, and it's going to be really difficult to win football games every week. But we also kind of reset where we know what we can be, and we know what our best can be, and we hope our best is even better heading into this fall than it was finished up last fall. So I think there's um, there's a, a, a decent amount of confidence but also there's a decent amount of just feeling like we've gone through something together and we feel like there's an experience that can help us bond us even more as a team. Coach, first off, congratulations on, you know, the the, the, few, the couple of years you guys have already had. Uh, no one started off more hot than you guys, it seems like, in the NAI level. But I want you to talk about the guys behind the scene for your program. Um, you know, we look all the time at the facilities and how the social media teams interact. And you guys are top-notch in the NAI, um, beautiful football stadium, uh, beautiful suites for uh, boosters to sit in, beautiful locker room, you know, the whole nine yards, and your social media team does a great job. And I'm sure just kids looking at options to go, when they look at that NAI level, if they're in that Midwest region, Indiana Wesleyan would be top of my list. Can you just talk about just maybe, you know, what happens behind the scenes for you guys to be so successful? and presenting that first-class product. Yeah, I think for us, it's our number one selling point has always been our people. And so when it comes to our facilities and our stuff that you see out on the, you know, the storefront, guys like Julian Miller who, who manage our facility for us and, and grooms the turf and gets things set up for recruiting and cleans for us and does all these – gives great effort and labors – really big guy that labors out of love um, for our kids and for our staff. Guys like him mean a lot. Um, but also, it to me, the reason we've been really successful in our first, you know, now we're going on four years of inception, but after two years of playing, it, it's our, our facilities don't win us games. Our sweet uniforms don't win us games. Our really calculated um, social media doesn't win us games. What win us games is when our kids, that might draw people in. That might make people pause and want to come visit us early on in their or late in their junior year. But it's when they get here, they find something that's really unique and different to a lot of places. And that's just that they, they get to be around really authentic and sincere people. And they get to be around people who care about them, people who care about seeing them grow. Um, and, and our niche just becomes, Hey, when you come here for four years, we're going to provide you with a lot of loving care. We're going to push you. and It's going to be really hard. It's going to be really intense, but uh, at the same time, you know that you're going to be a part of something uh, that's going to provide a certain level of care that you can't get in a lot of places. At the same time, you get to walk into the best facilities, you get to play in front of a huge crowd, and you get to feel like it's a it's a top-notch um, football experience along with, with the things that really matter, and that's the relationships that you get to build. Going off that um, just a little bit, Coach, I, I know the – um, the recruiting turf there where y'all are is definitely, um, it's competitive. Um, you know, you're right there between Indianapolis and Fort Wayne. Um, would you say that that's the, the people and those relationships, that's, that's what, um, you know, gives you the win in some of those recruiting battles there? Yeah, I think so. And we're also, obviously, we're a Christian school, too. So we, we really are trying to be authentic with that. And that's something that we don't cheapen um, just to try to find great players. Um, you know, being at a Christian school gives you a niche, and we want to make sure that we're really sincere in that. 
Uh, but yeah, you're right. You're 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 smack dab in between a lot of great uh, great programs. Uh, Marion's an hour south. Fort Wayne or St. Francis is an hour south. Uh, we have an in-state uh, or an in-county uh, in rival right here down the road. Um, then the teams we got to compete against in Michigan, we recruit like crazy in Michigan, and yeah, I mean that's it's you're locked into it. And for us, um, they all those co- all those programs have great coaches and great people too. But we we just really that's what we hone in on. Um, we try to say, hey, your total experience. You come here, you don't have to sacrifice your facilities, you don't have to sacrifice your football experience, but you also don't have to sacrifice being a part of a really holistic culture and being a part of a culture that's really going to develop you entirely as a man and prepare you to be a husband, father, and worker um, when you graduate from this place. So we do that. We, we don't think, you know, we're necessarily that much better at it than anyone else. We just try to be really sincere with it and try to provide uh, people with just, uh, just sort of the whole package. Taking a look at your, your team and what you've got coming back, obviously being uh, a newer team, there's there's not uh, as many folks that are that are leaving the team. Um, but y'all had, uh, five slash six, depending on how you count it, uh, all conference selections, um, that are returning. Um, you know, I'm going to start from the place where we normally don't start. We normally don't talk about, and that's, uh, Ben Von Gunten, um, your, your, your kicker, your punter, um, talk about him as a weapon flipping field position, uh, you know, averaging almost 42 yards a punt last year. Yeah, what's crazy about Ben is I think he, by trade, he's a better place kicker um, than he is a punter. We we did a really nice job. Coach Byer, our special teams coordinator, did a really nice job with our punt scheme this year. It's really unique. You can go online. Just we just did a he just did a thing on it on the, on social media with teams talk. Um, but we we did some nice things to set us up and be unique, which I think helped Ben. Ben, the thing that really helps Ben is he's a competitor, and he works super hard in the weight room, and he works super hard in the running. I mean, he does not he, – he is in the fold with the rest of the team. He's not a guy that we just use as some specialist. I mean, he's a he's a full-blown member of our team, so guys really trust him. Um, but also, we're, we're working. I mean, we, we, we want to be great at punting. That's a huge deal, but we all also want to be great at putting points on the board when we get a chance to. And I think Benny's got a next level ability to do that. So even though he's a great punter, uh, we actually want to try to do some things to help him focus on putting the ball to the uprights because I think he can be just as and even more dangerous uh, doing that than punting. Coach, you know, me and Corey, we, we got the chance to, you know, watch a lot of highlights, some in game action, especially the St. Francis game. Um, we, we definitely noticed how just how physical your defensive guys are. Um, is that one of your foundations you guys preach on is physicalness? Yeah, we have – there's three words that we live by total as a team when it comes to playing football, and it's discipline, technique, and effort, knowing what you're supposed to do, knowing how you're supposed to do it, and just playing super hard um, for all 60 minutes. And then Coach Clark, our defensive coordinator, he adds the word toughness to that. So discipline, technique, and effort, and toughness. And it shows. Um, he's, he's a super smart guy. We have elite scheme. Um, our guys are still growing, getting bigger, faster, stronger. Um, so, but we've overcome some of that deficiency uh, with just our youth. We've tried to overcome it with just flat out effort and physicality. And JJ has done our JJ Clark, the DC, has done a phenomenal job just bringing the mentality to that defense, um, where guys are out there leaving nothing left, 
no no gas left in the tank at the end of each each and every play. So yeah, I think that shows up on film when when guys are in the positions where they're supposed to be. They're super well trained from a strength conditioning standpoint, and they're willing just to lay it all out there. Talk to me a little bit, Coach, about uh, your your uh, rushing attack. I I noticed when I was looking over everything that you really took a um, running back by committee uh, approach to your running game. Yeah, so Devontae Alford, who's our leading rusher last year, he's a Dr. Phillips kid from Orlando. Uh, he uh, he's a freshman in 2018. Is really a special talent, super super special. And he got injured over the summer, and, and it, he didn't come back till till the St. Francis game. And so we were running back by committee the first five games of the year, um, sort of by necessity. And we had a lot of young guys that we were trying to hand the ball off to, who did, who did just a phenomenal job of, of giving everything they had for the program. And they're all going to be very good players, but they're, I mean, literally handing the ball off to um, most of the time two freshmen, sometimes three. Um, so there was a learning curve for us uh, for that. And then once the Valley came back, uh, a very big reason why we had a chance to win that game up in, in Fort Wayne was because of Devontae coming back. We he had a, over 200 yard total all-purpose yards. Um, he's just really a special talent, and uh, we sort of rode him in some of those big games late in the year. Um, so next year will be the same thing because we can't. You can't just in this conference, in our side of the conference, especially if you think you're going to have if it's going to be a one-horse show you're going to be in trouble because those guys are going to take uh, a lot of physical pounding so we have young guys like wade phillips and jesse deglo and ryan whiteman who are developing who will be the sophomores and so we're really excited about the depth that we have in that room coach you know the saying goes a lot of times you're only as good as your offensive line is how good is your offensive line for 2020 um i think i think it has the chance to be pretty stinking good um we were much improved in 2019. We hired a guy named Brett Atkins, um, who is the O-line coach at the University of Akron, who has done a phenomenal job with our offensive line. And a lot of that kudos goes to him, but also to Eric Tarazis, our offensive coordinator, who's a quarterback's guy, um, but he is very committed to running the ball. And that sets, a, sets our, our offense up for a lot of success. So with Eric's overall system, it's a big deal, but in the way – Brett Atkins has um, really implemented it and taken it to a different level. That's huge. And, of course, an offensive line, you can't really cheat development. A lot of times, offensive line, it takes time, and it takes a physical development and an experience uh, to an offensive line to become good. So it's taken us that time a little bit, but now we're heading into uh, 2020, and we don't lose anybody. And our kids are bigger, faster, and stronger at the offensive line. They're more experienced. Um, so I, I anticipate our offensive line taking it to a different level. Um, and we always, we've kind of built our, our recruiting around the two lines, the offensive defensive lines. And, um, with our offensive line continue to develop, I think it can make for, um, just a pretty special group. Coach, is there a, a segment or a position group that excites you the most about, um, either what you've got coming back or, or what you see development wise? Yeah, I mean, I think the defensive or the offense line would be in that right in that category. Then the defensive line would be too. Uh, we took uh, we have some really special defensive ends, uh, really special, and we're excited about the depth we have there. We also have some really special defensive tackles. We took a our defensive line has had a lot of depth over the last two years, and we added to it. We took a transfer from um, from Tiffin 
His name's Ryan Wofford. He's about 6'5", 265 pounds, super long. Um, so we're excited. We have some kids. We had kids last year contributing as freshmen and sophomores. Um, and so taking another offseason to get bigger, faster, and stronger and, and have more uh, experience to them, I think that uh, both the offensive and defensive line are two groups that I'm really excited about. Coach, um, you know, I, I always love asking these questions. And you, you played Butler here. Um, I, I absolutely love when an NAIA team, you know, they take that quote-unquote money game. And it's kind of hard with you guys because your conference is full up. And I know in, um, you know, um, 2020, you guys play a, a Division two school, I believe. I think a top 25 program. I can't pronounce the name. Uh, your opening game, Wisconsin. Uh, Oshkosh. Oshkosh. There you go. Uh, will we ever see um, maybe Indiana Wesleyan in the future play an FCS team besides maybe a Butler? Um, we'll see. Uh, we actually just signed a two-year contract coming up in a couple of years to go up to do the same thing with Valparaiso, another oh, FCS nice. pioneer team. Um, it's just that's good for us. Um, those those are great programs, and they handle themselves super well. Um, and they It's good to play. Uh, really respectable programs, uh, ones that may end up beating you, or ones that are really going to push you. Which is obviously that was Butler this year. It's going to be Oshkosh. Uh, in the next two, it'll be Valparaiso. Um, but for us, it's you know when you do play in the MSFA East, I mean, it, there's no such thing as uh, an easy game. There's no such thing as a give me. So even if we're going to cross over and play the MSFA West, there's no such thing. So for us, it's. We, we've kind of taken the mantra and put the ball down and let's just play. Um, there's not much reason to kind of sort of evaluate if it's going to be easy or hard. Um, so it's good for the growth of our program. You know, maybe someday we get to a point where, you know, we can take one of those those big money FCS uh, scholarship games. But uh, for us, we're just worried about sort of building it one year at a time. Coach, this year uh, your your last game is, is against Madonna. Um and we got to, to talk a, a good bit with uh, Coach Foos over there um, at, at the uh, national championship game. But um, if, if you had to give him, you know, a piece of advice going forward with playing in the Mid-States, um, what's, what's the one thing you're telling him? Well, I think for me, what I would tell Brian, he's done, him and I have had some good conversations about how to, you know, ways to start up and things like that, but to really start up well, um, one, I might pit you've got to have a really, really a, a good plan. Like, what's your plan? Not just for year one, but for year two, year three. Um, and then you have to surround yourself with people who can, one, buy into the plan and the vision, but they can also aid in the development of the, of the vision. Um, you as a leader, your job is ultimately trying to move people towards the completion of an objective. And to do that, as a head football coach in college, it's really difficult because that involves so many people. Well, to do it as a brand new program and you don't have any past experience and momentum, well, how do you do that effectively? And I think you have to create your own momentum, which is important. And then for us, I think what was, we were so successful with was when we were recruiting kids here and we had nothing but pictures and in our stadium was a pile of dirt and it was just me and two coaches we, we sold something to them, and then when they showed up a year later, it was exactly what we said it was going to be. And then we sold it to the next class, and they showed up, and it was the same thing we were going to be. So we didn't just have a plan. 
we didn't just have a vision, but we surround ourselves with people who could help us execute that plan and vision. But then we also were sincere with it, and we followed through on what our, we, we committed ourselves to. So I think for I think as you start up a program, having a clear vision is important, and then getting surrounding yourself with people who are willing to help see that vision come through. Um, I think that's that's a really big key to success. Coach, this is the last question for me, and then I'm going to let Corey wrap it up. Um, what's the general week like for you guys during the fall? Or like, what's your work days? Are Tuesday and Wednesday your work days, or Monday, Tuesday? I'm I'm assuming you guys probably go seven days a week. Um, just what what's what's the general week like for you guys in season? Yeah, for us, we're uh, you know it's pretty grindy in the, in the NDI. It's a little bit different than NCAA because there's no. Um, uh, it's a different with your player contact, but this past year, what we do is we were, we were a little bit of film work on Sunday. Um, our kids would get their lift in, um, and then our coaches would, would spend, you know, most of the afternoon into the, into the night, um, game breaking down film for a little bit, but then also just really game planning, preparing for the next week. Um, Monday, we don't practice. We just do film and then, uh, film a walkthrough as we prepare for the upcoming week. And then, Tuesday is practice, uh, practice with a film afterwards. Wednesday's practice with no film with the kids, but our coaches will watch it. Thursday is uh, we'll film before practice, and then we'll um, practice out there on the field, obviously, and our coaches, that's usually our short night to go back and see our lives. And um, Friday, we'll film with a, with a little light walkthrough, and then uh, Saturday, we rock and roll. So we're, we're seven days a week for sure. Uh, we try not to, at this point, you know, we try to be really smart with our kids. We try not to overload them. Um, we try to keep them mentally and emotionally engaged, but physically we try to really um, make sure they're peaking on once we get to Saturdays. Coach, um, when you played at Wheaton, you split time between defensive back and outside linebacker. Which one of those two was your favorite and why? Man, thanks for bringing back the old days. Um, actually, what happened was I came in as a safety in 08, the year we made the Final Four run, which was sweet. Um, played a lot of special teams. And then in my sophomore year, they we, we changed defenses a lot. We lost a bunch of guys, went to more of a 3-4 um, Pittsburgh Steelers, um, fire zone type of stuff. And they moved me to outside linebacker. So I went to play safety to outside linebacker, started all 10 there. and did a lot of wild stuff. I was playing on the line of scrimmage. I was dropping deep middle I was doing a bunch of crazy stuff which is fun and then junior year they moved me back to safety and then just uh junior and uh and senior year I played them all at safety and a couple started a couple at corner so defensive back is where my love is and defensive back is where a lot of my my actual experiential knowledge comes from so I would say uh defensive back uh if I had to choose between those two it's definitely fun uh especially a lot of stuff that you were you were doing that sophomore year I bet that was a lot of stuff to, to remember, but um, we definitely thank you for coming on, on the show, Coach, and we had a we had a blast, and we look forward to seeing what the Wildcats are going to do come 2020. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Stay safe out there. Absolutely. All right, guys, that was Head Coach Jordan Langs from Indiana Wesleyan. I know we usually don't do a whole lot after um, – we get off the interview, but we did want to mention a couple of things to you. One, keep your eyes peeled on the Twitter account as we're doing Logo Wars, um, which has gotten a really nice reception uh, so far. 
Um, also, uh, if you are not a patron of ours and you would like to get one of those sweet NAIA F-Ball stickers, um, go ahead and go to patreon.com forward slash NAIA F-Ball and all of the $3 patrons are going to get one of those stickers. Um, Corey, it's the best deal you could get. $3 for something that's, you know, a little bit over $3 and free shipping. This is something for just to show appreciation to you guys for supporting us throughout the year. Um, we first order was 80 of them total. Um, but we plan to do a second and third order if there need be. I, I, based on the Twitter response, John, I think we might have to reorder. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So these are going fast, guys. If you want to be part of this original 80, sign up now. Um, they're really great to put on laptops and tablets. But, uh, you know, we're, we're mailing out the first bit Friday or Saturday this week as we're recording. So April 3rd or April 4th. But uh, get in contact with us if you need any help getting there. So, I'm assuming that the Chrome ones are going out first. Uh, it's going to be a mixture. Yeah. Oh, so, they get a grab bag. So, yeah, so our original patrons that have been supporting us for a while are going to have dibs on those. Oh, yeah. So, whoever gets, if you're first to sign up, yes. But our original patrons will get them. The OG. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to get an order. The next, the second order will just be Chrome ones. Okay. All right. All right. Um, and also, keep your eyes peeled. Um, we've got some, some very exciting things in the works that, uh, we can't wait to announce. Um, you know, just going to be able to expand our coverage a little bit, hopefully. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely excited about that, so. Yeah, we can't give you all the details yet, but when it comes out, uh, we will be jumping, hollering, and screaming. We'll be, we'll be real excited, and we hope that y'all jump and holler and scream right along with us. So, y'all stay safe out there. Uh, this will be the last podcast for about a month that John and I will be sitting right next to each other, socially distanced, of course. Um, uh, we're going to be doing the next month or so um, from different houses as we have been put in uh, shelter in place uh, by, our, by our governor to help stop the spread of coronavirus. So, the next um, several episodes are going to sound a little different, so just fair warning to you guys. But uh, y'all stay safe out there. Um, don't do stupid stuff, and let's try and nip this thing in the bud while we can.